Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Hear me. Good morning, everyone. Was it almost afternoon? No, no, it's still morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, we're going to be talking about the most important person on the earth today. You know how many people I told that title to, and they all thought it was them. The most important person on the earth today, the most prevailing individual, is not a president, not a king, but the Holy Spirit. You see, what many people seek is the power of God. What few people realize is they need to find the person of God. You see, because only when you know Him can you work in tandem with him? Wow, well, it went very quiet very quickly. You see, because it's not about, and please hear me, I enjoy enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit as much as I'm sure anyone here does. Am I correct? The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be constantly and continuously filled with the Holy Ghost. Which means it's better to be under the influence of Him than to be under the influence of it. Isn't it? So if that is something that the Bible is telling us to do, then it's important that we understand that being connected to the Holy Spirit is important, but knowing Him as a person is more important. And the problem is many people think of Him purely as a force, like from Star Wars. You use him to bring things to you, and you use him to take things away from you. Push and pull. And every now and again, a little bit of lightning. <laughs> These have got some Star Wars fans. It's all good. Hallelujah. But the reality is that the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a person. And how do we know this? Because the Holy Spirit has his own mind. That means in the mind of the Holy Spirit, there is a decision-making process. In Romans 8.27, you can see an example of this. Now, time, unfortunately, prevents me from being able to go into too much detail. So I'm going to allow you to do the detailed homework in your own time. Is that okay? So take a picture of that if you need the verses. So the Holy Spirit as a person has a mind, he has a will, and he has an emotion. Do you know any objects or forces that have these three things? No, of course not. Because the Holy Spirit is not an object or a force, he's a person. So he has a will, and he has emotions. 
the Holy Spirit is able to comfort you. How many of you, by show of hands or some kind of indication, would enjoy the Holy Spirit comforting you? Okay, now, do you know that there is no need for a comforter when you don't get uncomfortable? You see, if you live in your comfort zone, you don't need him. But the minute you step out of your comfort zone, immediately you need a comforter. Let me tell you, in the early church, where the people were running for their life, hiding in, in, uh, in cemeteries, trying to evade capture, they needed comforting. Don't you think? And Unfortunately, we can become so complacent in our life that we don't realize that we are comfortable and that we've never made room for the Holy Spirit to actually comfort us because we were never willing to step beyond our comfort zone. So I want to encourage you and maybe just challenge you a little bit to step beyond your current comfort zone. How many of you would say, you know what, Mark, you're right, I'm going to do that from now on. This is the problem. How many of you would want to push the edge a little bit further? In other words, go a little bit out of your comfort zone. Yes. Good. Why? Because unless you're willing to go out of your comfort zone, you're not going to experience the Holy Spirit as a comforter. How many of you have heard the Holy Spirit speak to you? Yes. He speaks to us all the time. Do you know that as believers, have you ever caught yourself saying something so wise that you surprised yourself? I do it all the time. So if you, if you, if you speak those words and they come out and you go, wow, that was good. No, it wasn't you. Because you and the Holy Spirit are so entwined that often the Spirit will speak on your behalf and you won't even realize it. Amen. Okay. The Holy Spirit also teaches us. So there's another picture you can take. There's some more information. As you can see, all of these things are things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit can also be grieved. Now, the, word, the whole idea of grieving the Holy Spirit in of, often has been taken out of context. Obviously, how many of you believe God loves you? Okay, this is fine. The rest of you. Okay, so you all believe God loves you. Am I correct? And in so saying, I would assume also that you love your children. Do you love your children? Right. When they are naughty little brats, do you still love them? Yes, you do, Richard. Richard, what you do? You still love them. You're just not happy with what they're doing. Does your love for them change just because you might not be happy with their existing behavior? No. So your parents, as a parent, you've been grieved at times by what your children may have done. Am I correct? But it didn't mean that you stopped loving them. So when the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit, it's not like he's going to pack his bag and vacate the premises. I'm trying to help you here today. Because see, a lot of people think, oh, I messed up. Now the Holy Ghost is gone. 
Because the Holy Spirit is super sensitive. The problem is, it's not true. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that can make you holy. Without Him, you can't live a holy life. You can't live a godly life. Because a godly life is a supernaturally empowered life. It's not a naturally empowered life. It's not five steps to a better human behavior and consciousness. This is not some new age conference. The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, imparts His character and nature to us to the point where we bear fruit that resemble His character and nature. And without Him, it's impossible to say no to sin. Do you understand that? So, when people think that sin cuts them off, what do they do? Immediately, they disempower the Holy Spirit because they no longer rely on Him. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. The Holy Spirit can be resisted. And the Holy Spirit can be insulted. I don't recommend you do these things. Could you help me, Steve? It seems like the picture is a little bit out of whack here. But, okay, don't worry. It's fine. I'll just have to stand sideways. Okay. You can go with me to John 6 in your Bibles. Verse 5. John 16, sorry, verse 5. See, someone's paying attention. Okay, John 16, verse 5, and it says this. But now, I'm going to him who sent me. So this is Jesus uh, talking, right? I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So were the disciples excited about Jesus' plan to leave, or were they not so excited? They were filled with sorrow. That means they were not excited. If you had walked with Jesus for three years, how excited would you be to keep walking with him? You'd be rather excited, wouldn't you? Okay, so the reality is that when you are walking with Jesus, you think everything's great. But Jesus is about to give them some news that's going to help them see things very differently. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Okay, the helper, the parakletos. You know the word parakletos, its Hebrew version, is the same word that's used for the woman that was created in Genesis as the helper. The function was one who comes alongside to help. That's what that word means. The Holy Spirit didn't come alongside to push you. He came alongside 
to aid you. And this is important because many times people have this vision that if they get so full of the Holy Spirit that they'll walk into a mall, they'll see a sick person, and they'll just start floating in that person's general direction. That is not what's going to happen. God doesn't want to remove you out of the picture. He wants to work with you in order to achieve the goals of the kingdom because you are a king that he has ordained in his own right to be a representative and ambassador here on the earth. Is that making sense to you? All right. So it's very important that we actually understand this dynamic because if we don't, we will think that that there will be a time where we are no longer even, how can I put this, that we are no longer even cognitively aware of what's happening, that we are just completely out of the picture. The reality is what actually happens is the way you think becomes so transformed that it becomes natural for you to act in every situation the way the Holy Spirit wants to. Okay, if right now the Bible says that the flesh is opposed to the spirit, am I correct? What it's talking about is the carnal way of thinking. It's talking about the old way of thinking that is contrary to God's way of thinking. So the minute that your thinking comes in line with God's way of thinking, what you end up with is you start to take God's kind of action. And then you do that almost automatically. Why? Because it's the way you do things. It's become your way. Because of the way that you now think. So it's important that we understand that the helper is here to help us know the intent, the purpose, and the direction of the kingdom because he was sent by the Father, as the governor of the kingdom of God on the earth. You see, on the earth right now, the kingdom of God is being established through those who have submitted to its dominion. You see, those who submit to Jesus become part of that kingdom. And when you become part of the kingdom, then the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to help you learn the culture the patterns, the way, the thinking, the perspective of heaven, even while you're here on the earth. Right. It's very important. Because without it, you're going to argue with yourself a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if Christians who have a problem in the area of schizophrenia aren't those who are still carnal and arguing with the Spirit. Because God wants you to do something one way and you arguing with him that it can't happen. I mean, God's never told anyone to do anything crazy, right? I mean, how, how just absolutely crazy would it be for a prophet to prophesy a baby was going to come out of a womb that had never, ever being in intimacy with another person. Do you understand just how much guts it would take? God says to you, say this. 
Uh-uh. No. But that's what's going to happen. I know, but I am writing that down. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is telling you stuff and you think he's crazy. Because you don't know the way that he thinks. Because you don't spend enough time with him. And I'm not talking about everyone here. Please understand where I'm coming from. If we don't challenge ourselves to push further, then we're just going to stay where we are. And if you're happy where you are, then there's really no point in teaching you anything new. Is there? Do you, how many of you like pruning? Pruning. How many of you like the fruit that pruning produces? So any tree, if you prune it back, it will produce better fruit because you pruned it back. Because the resources went to the fruit rather than just creating more branches. When the Word of God comes, it prunes you. It comes in and it snips away the branches that aren't needed. And it helps you bear more fruit. This is what Jesus said in John 15. He said, you are already clean, you are already pruned because of the word that I've spoken to you. Pruning is not, there's not stuff that happens through situations and circumstances. Pruning is what happens when you get equipped for the challenges the enemy wants to bring to try and discourage you. Right now, God is pruning you so that when the word comes, you are able to receive the experience he wants you to have. What if I told you that unless Jesus went to heaven, he wouldn't have been able to send the Holy Spirit? Which means that Jesus' whole mission was to get the Spirit here. You see, and even in, in um, I believe it's in Galatians. Yeah, I believe it's in Galatians where it says that the promised Spirit was sent by the Father. So that the promise that was made to Abraham was actually that the Spirit would come. And that the Spirit would come through the seed. And that seed was Jesus. Okay? So understanding that means, okay, so the whole point here is God wants to bring His Spirit back into this world, in us, living through us, so that He can establish His kingdom on the earth. Make sense? Okay. But what is the Holy Spirit going to do? It's very important for us to understand this. The Holy Spirit comes to convict the world concerning sin. Who does he convict concerning sin? The world. Notice, he convicts the world concerning sin. He's not here to convict you about sin. He's here to convict the world. Okay? Why? Because they don't believe in Jesus. Wasn't Jesus the one saying this? So, they were, so he was saying the Holy Spirit's first job is to convict the world of sin because they don't believe in me. So how do you get out of being convicted of sin? <clears throat> there you go. Well done. Exactly, you believe in Him. <coughs> then he says, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. 
So what's he doing there? He's going to convict concerning righteousness because he goes to the Father. Jesus is known as the King of Peace, the King of Righteousness. The word for righteousness really sums up God's intention and nature towards us. Isn't that right? He wants things to be made right. How many of you have felt wrong or wronged in your life? That just took 10 minutes of my time. <coughs> right. So, then he will condemn the ruler of this world because he's judged. So, when is the, when is the Holy Spirit going to judge the devil? Right now. He's convicting the devil that he's judged. So, the ruler of this world is standing. Judged. Has God judged him? Yes. God has judged in favor of the oppressed. You and I were oppressed. And God has judged in favor of us. So you see, why am I telling you this? Because these are the three functions that often people misunderstand. They think the Holy Spirit's there to tell you just how bad you are. Every time they hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, they think it's the Holy Spirit telling them they need to shape up or get out. And there's a big difference between condemnation, right, and conviction. What is conviction? Conviction is to, br to bring light, right, to illuminate. Condemnation is to press down and press out. If you have made up your mind about people and you have settled, that's who they are and they're never going to change, you have passed final judgment, you have brought condemnation on them. But if you keep the door open, you might say, right now this is how things are, but you are hopeful that they will change, then you can just bring conviction. You can bring light to certain areas in their lives so that they might change. Am I correct? And I don't know about you, but no one really wants a friend who's always telling them how bad they are. So the Holy Spirit isn't there to tell you how bad you are. The Holy Spirit is there to remind you how righteous you are. Because every time, every time you step out and you do something you shouldn't be doing, the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, that's not who you are. And I'm sure many of you have heard that voice. But many Christians have heard the voice of, Oh, you shouldn't have done that. You clearly aren't the kind of Christian the Bible's talking about, so you might as well give up. And that's a lie from the devil. That's the devil posing as the Holy Spirit, using the courtroom of your mind as a place to judge you so that you'll walk in shame and guilt. And that's not what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit brings life, He brings righteousness, He encourages us, and He empowers us. Amen? And the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. Guys, just for a second. Truth 
is not temporal. Okay? You got that? Truth is not temporary. Truth is eternal. Okay? Do you understand that? So truth is eternal. Facts are temporary. Where you find yourself right now might be true in the sense that it is an experience that you have right now. That's factual. But it is not the ultimate truth. The ultimate truth is what God has said about you and your circumstance. So if God's word, which is eternal truth, has said something different to the situation and circumstance you're in, that means that the Holy Spirit will guide you into believing what God has said about you. Whatever the Holy Spirit hears, He will speak and He will declare to you the things that are to come. Sorry? Did you read that? What's that? The things that are to... That means anyone in this room, if you know the Holy Spirit, you can tap into ideas, plans, future events. Do you think Jesus knew the cross was coming? How did he know? The same Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? Do we have a different Holy Spirit? No, we have the same Holy Spirit. The only problem is we haven't learned yet how to listen and how to be open to listening to those pieces of information. Come on, church. I'm telling you we are in a very advantageous position because we have a relationship with the most important person. How many of you know that your influence is not about how much you know, but it's about how, how many important people you know? I know people who know a lot of stuff, but they have no contacts, they can't take anything anywhere. But if you know a lot of important people, you can get things done. Holy Spirit is the most important person. He created everything. If you know him, you don't need another connection. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Steve, you're right. They're making it a little bit hard this morning. Okay. Everything that the Father has is mine, Jesus said. Therefore, I said, I will take what is mine and I will declare it to you. That means that we become partakers of that very thing. We become partakers of everything that is in Christ. Are you in Jesus? If you are in Jesus, then everything that is in Jesus is yours. If everything that is in Jesus is yours, then if Jesus is blessed, then you are blessed. If Jesus is healthy, then you are healthy. If Jesus is whole, then you are whole. If Jesus is righteous, righteous then you are righteous. Because you are a co-heir with Him. That's right. So, this is what I want to really give you today. Because at the end of the day, you need to build a relationship. This is kind of an invitation to that relationship with the Holy Spirit. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with 
you will. Because it's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that is important. Guys, He is a person, not a force or impersonal field. And so tomorrow morning, if you can, if you have your phone with you, I want you to make like a, a time, like maybe at like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, whenever you wake up, and just put a schedule in there and say, coffee with the Holy Spirit, and make two cups of coffee, all right? And just sit down and say, yeah, Lord, yes, yes, the word, okay? And um, just teach me. Just teach me. And you will be surprised how much more you learn when you do that. And the people in this room who have done that before know exactly what I'm talking about. The problem is life becomes so crazy and so busy, and especially at this time, that instead of running to the one that we know that can give us all the answers, we're so frantically trying to sort out the problems ourselves. Because we think these problems that we have are so small. But yet, God wants to deal with every small problem. Because you're not small to Him. Come on, man. This is really, it's like, it's really good. Because I really believe that many of us have been trying to say, God, don't worry, I got this. When God's been saying, I've been waiting for you. Can you just come to me? I mean, how many times has a whole day gone by and you haven't even said hello to the Holy Spirit? I, wanna, I want you to imagine for a moment how someone would feel if they stood at the door and everyone walked past them and no one said anything to them. For years. Because that is how it's been in many instances with the Holy Spirit. We think that our opinions and our problems and our perspectives are more important than getting to know the Holy Spirit. And it's time it ends, guys. Don't you think? I mean, He knows the battle plan. He knows the outcome. He knows what's coming. He even knows what those people are thinking. You want to know what they're thinking? They're thinking, let me separate these Christians. Because when they're united, they're powerful. And let us get rid of their control over us. That's what they're thinking. How do you know that, Mark? Psalm 2. It's not my opinion. It's what God says. You understand that? So the Holy Spirit Himself is the one that's going to give you the power to change everything. Amen? God bless you. Good word, Mark. I wonder if we can just stand up. I feel we just need to pray. Two things. One, for folk who just are going, I fall into the category of those who are not fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And I want that to change. Faith comes by hearing the word. And then these signs will follow. So Mark, if you want to just come, I'd like you to pray for us. It's been an anointing on this message. Just pray, pray after Mark. Just let's invite the Holy Spirit fellowship into our lives.
And then the second group of people, if you've never, ever received the Holy Spirit into your life, this is a great opportunity. So if you can just, just receive this from Jesus, because he is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And those of you who haven't been in fellowship with the Spirit, as much as you know you ought to, or as much as you'd like to, know that the Holy Spirit is still just waiting for you. He's got nothing against you. He loves you, and he wants you to get to know him better. Holy Spirit, right now, we know your heart for us, God. We know how much you love us, and we know how much you were willing to sacrifice to bring us back into relationship with you. I pray for every single person here today whose heart's cry is to spend more time with you. That every obstacle that has been trying to rob them of that time will be cut off right now in Jesus' name. That the desire to spend time with you will grow and overwhelm the desire for anything else in this world. That a new fire will be ignited in our hearts. That we will go from a deep to deeper strength of relationship with you. Right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, receive the life and love of the Holy Spirit. Right now. Those of you who have never received the Holy Spirit, those of you who want to receive the Holy Spirit, Know that the Bible says very clearly, the Father will not give you anything other than the Holy Spirit if you ask for anything. So right now, if you can pray with me. Father God, you said that you would give me your Holy Spirit. That you would baptize me. And you would fill me. And that you would empower me. And you would make me new. Right now, in Jesus' name, I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to cherish and to know Him. In Jesus' name, I receive it. Just receive it right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Just let, it, let Him speak to you right now, where you are. It's between you and him. It's got nothing to do with anyone up here. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost, fire of God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. More fire. A blaze, a blaze, a blaze with the glory of God. A blaze with the glory of God. Agents of the kingdom of God, stirring up fire, bringing forth change, boldness and strength. Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Your mercy, your grace. 